Thank you for joining us again with another discussion with the Mouth Mechanics. Today, we're talking about battling the barriers of addiction. And why are we talking about this as dental health care professionals? Because we are in the thick of it. Today, we are joined by a special guest. Makita Arnold, the gangster assistant. All right, welcome. Welcome to the garage, Makita. Yes, yes. You are new in the garage, but no stranger to us. At all. Working right there with us. So... I think we should just give you the baton right off the bat. Would you like that to start well, talking alrighty. about the barriers? Get it started. Get yeah. it going. Get it going. <laughs> barriers that we see. Let me just preface it with a lot of times the first barrier we'll start with is denial. Yes. And we see it in the mouth and the effects. And if you join us on our last episode with smoking and the oral effects and we touched on it, we stepped into the arena of addiction with that. But now we're all the way in it because of one of the devastating precursors is the denial Mm -hmm. to it so there we go we'll start with that and but we see it in the mouth first so you as a dental assistant what do you see as an assistant I see a lot of when we ask for their medical history and they'd be like oh do you smoke I'm like eh not really but then we get in their mouth and it's like a whole different ball game a whole different story I can smell it I can see it I can see it in your gum color it's a whole different ball game in the mouth it's not what they social. tell us. Mm-hmm. It's not. A, they're saying and as if it's social. They smoke one here or there, but in the mouth, like you touched in the last episode, mm-hmm. we actually see that you have an addiction to the nicotine or the substance. Yeah, when we see the stains, just in looking, because we don't have X-ray vision. I don't know when God's going to give us that, because I believe some of the patients think that we do have this X-ray vision. But when we take a look, and like she just said, the smell. When you open your mouth, y'all, we talked about how if you have not heard the first episode. Go back and listen to the first episode. We talked about halitosis. That's right. And smoking has a smell to it. So we have the smell. And then smoking also has a look, like she said, the color of your gum tissues. That definitely, with the constriction and everything, that definitely presents in your gums. And let's talk about these stains, okay? Because they stain. And they stain their own color. Nicotine stains a color. Marijuana stains a color. And if we really get deep into the drug usage, cocaine, heroin, meth, they all have effects on your enamel. Listen, when that enamel is gone, I have yet to find it in any store. Mm -hmm. I have yet. mm -mm. Cannot Mm -mm. replace it. So there we go with that first barrier. So Mm -hmm. I think if they could look at it, patients who are addicted if they could look at it, when we start calling it out on their oral health, the effects that we see, they could see it as, oh, my goodness, somebody has opened the window. Yes. They've kind of released that barrier for me to begin to say, maybe I can start to talk about help. Can I get help? So, yeah, we don't want you to be afraid. What do you all think are the reasons that when they come to see us? Because I already tell the people I'm not the DEA. So outside of thinking that. We're going to bring charges or bring somebody in that's going to put charges on you. What do you all think are some of the reasons why they deny their struggle? Because everybody does not want to be addicted. They don't. They don't. Everybody doesn't want to be addicted. So It's the social. You know, Danita, we talked about this topic before conflict. And it deals with those issues of conflict if you want to be literary with it. But that conflict of man versus society. You just feel like you're alone in it. And I believe it's the shame. So even if you spill something on your shirt, you're just ashamed to walk around with a coffee stain on your shirt. Mm -hmm. And addiction is so much grander than Mm -hmm. just a stain on your shirt. 
So I just know me, you walk around in church, like, oh my goodness, is anybody going to see this? And you're trying to cover it. So but it's now the embarrassment the of it all. Can you cover it? As much as you can, you're going to try to cover it. Now, just listen, I look good for my age. Let me just go and put that out there. Y'all can't my see me. goodness. Yes. Here we go. But I look good for my age. Yes, you However, do. However, Makita's just a little, she's like a smidgen, really small smidgen younger than me. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So what are you, are we millennials? Are y'all, what, what do we call you all? No, I am not a millennial. I'm the millennial. No. Well, who's the millennial? The generation right under you. Ooh, oh my goodness. Did y'all hear that audacity <laughs> okay, flow? Okay, I'm gonna put it like this. If you grew up on like Bow Wow and what's that group with Omarion and Fizz and them? If you grew up on them and Omarion uh-huh. and that is the millenniums. And like okay. Soldier Boy in his like young days, uh-huh. those are millenniums. Okay, millennials. That too. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I guess that's what I well, did I grow up on? I don't know. Well, with your generation. What do you see are the reasons that they would deny? Because there's a stigma against addiction, whether it could be the smallest thing of weed. But when you say I'm addicted to drugs, so it's, oh, you're a crack addict. You're on cocaine. You're on heroin. It's the stigma that comes with the addiction title. Mm -hmm. So how do we, and just to like rewind the take back a little bit, when Doc said shame and Sharon said embarrassment, those are identity thieves. Mm-hmm. So when that takes over, it takes your identity. So no longer do you be like, OK, I can get help. Now you think I am the embarrassment. I am the shame. I am the addiction. I don't know. One of my favorite movies is Hitch. And I don't know if y'all remember when he was at that game and he was eating that hot dog and that mustard fell on his shirt. Mm hmm. And remember, he didn't let that mustard on his shirt stop him from having a good time. He came there with a purpose. That's right. And his purpose was to have a good time. So I'm just saying, just to put this out there, that when you come see us, come with a purpose. And it doesn't matter if you have the mustard or the coffee on your shirt. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you have the stains on your teeth, if it's in your hair. Come with a purpose and don't let whatever it is you come in here with stop you from having a good time. Mm -hmm. Stop you from getting the healing that you need. As we said in previous episodes, you can't heal what you don't reveal. And I know it's hard to break a stigma. Listen, if we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. We're going to call a thing a thing. I used to get high. I used to get high. My they they would roll the joint and what was it on on the movie Puff Puff Pass? Ooh. Stick to the rules. Okay. <laughs> Two and on. Two yeah. and on. That's Stick it. Stick to the rules. I used to get high. I used to eat edibles. And when I say used to eat edibles, I'm not talking about years and years and years ago. Maybe two or three years ago. I had an edible, y'all. I thought I was in space. Do you hear what I'm saying? But I was around people that did the same thing. So then when I got around other people, I didn't say that, oh, I had an edible or, or listen, I ain't even let them people know that I had half a cereal bar in my purse and was going to eat that on the way home so I could take me a good nap when I got home. So it is also the outside of the stigma it's the environment. That's right. Is the That's environment right. conducive to your habit? Is mm-hmm. it conducive to your healing? It's also the environment. But if you deny it, does that say you don't want the help? I think it's just the shame is just too great. You want it. You just don't know where. Now it's about where do you turn? Where do you go? Like you said, the environment. Some people don't because the other barrier is it going to cost. You hear that. Is it Mm -hmm. $5,000, $10,000? But they do have treatment centers that you can just reach out. You have your governmental Mm -hmm. programs, maybe in your city or county. 
and that you just have to make a few phone calls. But then again, when you go to that gateway, because we are professionals are the gateway because they know wherever that center is, there's mm-hmm. someone they have to get through. And who is that person? Are they passing judgment? Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to be able to welcome with open arms. And a lot of times people don't, they get consumed with their own problems. And the precursor to the substance abuse is pain. And that's where we come in because tooth pain, because we're dental professionals, so we'll start their tooth pain and maybe some sociological, psychological pain from past. That's other counselors, another whole other department that would be involved with that. But Mm -hmm. it is pain. Mm -hmm. So we treat that pain with what? Opioids, different types of analgesics, and then they become addicted and then they're stuck with that crisis, holding that crisis all alone. Their own. And so now they're like, where do I turn to? But a lot of it is they become addicted to that. A lot of times it is the healthcare professional that gives them a prescription so that they can be okay. You medicate it. And and the thing, like we say in all our episodes, you just have to be truthful. Mm -hmm. You just have to be truthful. I remember listening to some different teachings and I even said it to Makita and other people. You have to ask people if they want to be free. You have to Mm -hmm. ask people, you know, do you want to be delivered? Because my saying is, and I, I don't care who you are. I will not fight a demon you're friends with because some people are just yeah. not ready. They're just not ready. They're there was time to take I that step. I wasn't ready. There was a season of my life. It was no longer the United States of Danita. Now I had to deal with the storms that came in. And I have to say between wine and edibles, it helped me. It numbed the pain. It didn't take it away, mm-hmm. but it, it numbed the pain. I don't think it was until I talked to one of my friends and I said, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do. This is what I'm doing with it, but it's not helping. So at this point, I don't know what to do with this. And that's when the, I guess it was the intervention. Did I have an intervention? (laughs) (laughs) Gonna say it was an intervention. That's when the intervention and intervention isn't bad. It's not. And they're not theatrical. They are not theatrical. It's not like the movies. No, not, not at not all. all of them. Not, not all of at them. all. What? You had an intervention? No, I've witnessed an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh sweet. Well, yes, oh. come on, share. Okay, so I don't know if you all have seen this show on A&E, but it's called Intervention. Mm-hmm. I have. And the addicts that they have are mainly addicted to cocaine and heroin. And the way they do the interventions, you would think someone just shot their mother. Like they are so theatrical. But I had a friend who was addicted to heroin and we sat with them and they was like really calm about it. And Mm -hmm. they got antsy when it came to us saying like completely stop. But it wasn't so much. I want to fight you because you just told me I'm this. And it's not as theatrical as you have to make it seem, I guess. I guess they had to get the ratings. They should have came to me. I'd have gave them full ratings. <laughs> I'd have gave a whole show. <laughs> they should have came to me. That's the other thing I think when we think about the barriers mm-hmm. is who's going to know and how are they going to respond when they know? Who's going to know and how are they going to respond when they know? I don't believe my parents knew what I was doing. Mine did. Because she knows. I met your mom. <laughs> 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 knows. 
see that thing will go through a phone real quick. Yep. She will take the door <laughs> off that. You ain't, ain't had no privacy. No, 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 no lock doors. Every, every piece of mail came through that house did not have Makita name on it. So what you mean? I met your mama. She, she good though. Mm. <laughs> she good though. And, mm. and, and the other thing is answer this question. Did you feel like if y'all ain't picked up on it yet, this is for the people in the back that can't clearly hear that I am Makita's mother. All right. Feel when I found out how did you feel? I was scared. Yeah. I was petrified. Why? Because at the time, I didn't know that you and dad used to smoke weed too. Together. But I didn't know that. So I'm like, ooh, am I the trouble child? Like, what is nah. going on here? Oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful about sheet. the transparency because now those <laughs> listening mm-hmm. will say, I can identify with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. is it really so bad that someone finds out? Because when they do, that's the key that unlocks mm-hmm. me yep. getting help. So that's perfect. But keep going. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I was scared of how y'all would look at me because I didn't know. So it was like, are they going to look at me like my child smoke weed? I don't know who child that is because that wasn't me. You your daddy's child. But see, I ain't know that. She ain't know that. <laughs> see, she's saying she ain't know that. But then when I figured it out and y'all talked to me about it, I was like, oh, okay, I'm still in trouble. But right, yeah. right. You're still in trouble. It's easier because it was like a relating thing. Because we're all human. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And the one thing, when I found out at that moment, I was not. But her father still was. And I'm going to be very honest and very transparent with you all. Being in the field, we see the after effects of when somebody laces your drugs. Mm-hmm. We see those after effects. Let me tell you all what I did. I picked up my phone and I started a group chat. And the group chat had me her, her father, and my brothers, because they all smoke. And I said, yeah, Makita getting high. I'm going to let y'all handle that. I'm going to let y'all deal with that, because she out here smoking with her friends. And I'm like, well, where your friend get it from? Well, they got it from such and such. Okay, I'm going to let her deal with that. I'm not saying let your children go out here and do whatever it is that they're going to do. What I'm saying is, be smart. I was cussing people out in elementary school and never said a curse word in front of my parents. So I said all of that to say that the child that's in front of you is not the child that's behind you. That is, oh, so, that true. is so true. That is so true. The child that's in front of you is not the child that is behind you. We've had the talk. We've had the talk about sex. We've had the talk about alcohol. We've had the talk about drugs. And I still found the picture. Y'all should, do you still got the picture? Y'all should have seen the picture. <laughs> Makita with a nope. little cut off shirt nope. on with that J. Puffin circle. <laughs> and, and yes. I said, oh, okay. And in the group chat, I sent the picture and all the information. That was so embarrassing. But you see what she did. She just reached up and snatched that barrier down. It will not consume my child. It will not drown my child. That's basically what you did. You said, no, no more barriers. Yeah. No more hiding. This is what it is. This is what you've done. Now let's just address it and face it. Because and it's good for people. Like, Sharon, I see your face. Because you and I, we, we haven't gotten have. there yet. We've got a 15-year-old. I've got a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. And you've got children younger than mine. So we haven't really crossed it. I'm getting to that point where we have those discussions. I mm-hmm. uh, have those discussions heavily already but now we get to see it's so nice to hear this mm-hmm. because look at you you're winning you're thriving in life it is. but imagine if it hadn't could it have gone to another substance mm-hmm. by keeping that barrier up so because i have heard that marijuana is it's a, a gateway, gateway That's to right. other drugs you just said lacing there you go you, you start with the marijuana then you start adding a little bit more and then you keep because stepping up they say that you're chasing that high you're chasing it you're trying to get back to it it's like we're grown. It's like getting your cherry popped. 
It's like getting your cherry popped and you like, wow. So that's what this feels like. And then you go again. Look, the love that you thought, that love that you thought you had when you first laid down. That's the love that you go looking for when you first get high. Whatever it is that you're getting high off of, because like Dr. Davis said, she has the power to write prescriptions. So it's not just the illegal drugs that people are addicted to, the opiates, the opiates, those things. Was that the molly? Pop the molly and I'm sweating. Those are two different drugs. Lord. Generation Z. This is what Nikita is Generation Z. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. I'm so glad you're joining us. It's worked out perfect that you were able to join us so that we can see the different generations and how we respond and open our minds so that we can be better responders. There's like levels. I can tell y'all the ladder to the drug. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first you start out with your marijuana, right? And then you go into, they call it lean. It's a drink, but it's a drug. So you go into your lean. Then you go into Molly and shrooms and then you hit the heavy hitters. So because you brought up shrooms, that's considered like marijuana, natural or herb. So people don't always believe. And that's another barrier that we've come to break down that just because the drug is a natural drug, just because it's a herb, it does not mean that it does not have certain side effects because it's not synthesized. They do have side effects. One, they are addictive. And two, they do cause things to go on in your body because what it does is it changes your brain's chemistry. So when you get to that, when you start thinking about this thing is changing my brain, then it's starting to go into other systemic issues. It's starting to go in the body because if it's changing something up here, you don't think it's going to affect something in your heart. That's right. And the liver processes it. Mm-hmm. The liver processes it. And the bloodstream, yes. which goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up shrooms. Now, I don't know what you do with the shrooms. I don't either. I don't even like regular mushrooms. Yeah, I don't know what to do with those. <laughs> <laughs> but that is one thing. Even with the patients, they'll say, well, I don't do the hard stuff. I just get high. They all do the same thing. It's just one you can overdose quicker than the other. That's right. But what's the hard stuff? That top rung of the ladder that Makita just talked. (laughs) So I am an alcohol and drug abuse life coach. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I never really thought about was the huffing. Huffing? Huffing. When you take, uh, let's just say, a spray paint and you get a paper bag. Oh, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. So that's another thing. They still do that? Yes. Okay. It's very inexpensive. So yeah. anytime you can get a high, a little five dollar can from Walmart. You know? That's yeah. right. You can go to the hair supply store. You know the little small hairspray cans to cover up the gray that be up here. Sometimes get that little thing and put. Yeah. So, but we see all of this presents in the mouth. With us hygienists, we're trained to do smoking cessations. So we do deal with your triggers, and we'll give you alternatives. But you have to talk to us. Well, honestly, you do not have to talk to us. Just open your mouth and your mouth won't do the talking. Your mouth will tell <laughs> That's right. Your mouth will definitely do the talking. And the other thing is, one of the other barriers is the thing of not thinking that you can get addicted to your prescription drug because you're like, this is the doctor and the doctor gave this to me. Surely the doctor won't give me anything that mm-hmm. can cause. But all prescriptions come with instructions. They do. That's right. All prescriptions come with instructions. It's called abuse for a reason. When you begin to abuse the drug, it's because you're not using it in the manner that it was meant to be used. And we pay attention to how many times we have to refill that prescription. 
Oh, we do. I stay away from writing it. I try to get the help. So when someone comes in and said this pain is unbearable, you know what? Let's that tooth needs to be addressed in this manner or treated this way. And if it's a specialist, let me call someone to find if they have an appointment right now. Mm-hmm. Because if it is hurting you that badly, you will get it out right now. I don't like to go beyond my Motrin 800s. And if no, no one's allergic to that, I try not to. Very rarely would I write Tylenol 3. But I probably have not written an opioid in the past five to seven years. That's right. Good. I do not. I, I always tell the patient in the chair. on the rise. Mm-hmm. If it is yeah, hurting you that it. badly, it needs to come out. If I don't have the time in my schedule, let me find an oral surgeon that can get this out for you right now. I will take the time to call. You're ready to go. They'll take you right now. So usually that's the way I like to operate when we can. And if not, if it's that bad, I'll like for you to go to the emergency room because I know they're only going to write a very small quantity to tie you over until you can get into an appointment to be seen. You're at a different office than us. So how do you all handle pain control? Not to say anything about the patients that you all see, the demographic of where your office is, is also different. That's right. Very different. <laughs> Very different. Our patients will ask us for Percocets. It's like, this hurts. Can I get Percocets? And the doctor's like, no, I'm not writing that. They can give it, but they just refuse to write it. So I think a week ago, the doctor I work with, he gave his first Percocet prescription in 15 years. He was like, I didn't feel right doing that. I didn't feel right at all. Well, at least the awareness is there on our side, on the licensed professional side. That's right. At least that awareness is there. And now we're letting the community know you're not going to get high or addicted. And we're not going to be your pusher. We're not here to be your pusher. And the other thing, sometimes when we see the emergency patients, like there, every once in a while, I'll see one of y'all's patients. And when they come in and the first thing they say to me is, can she just give me some codeine to take the pain away? And I always ask, do you want the pain to go away or do you want to be healed? Because those are two totally different things. It goes back to what I was saying to get with the pain. If you're treating pain, mm-hmm. it's something and it may not even be tooth pain that they want to heal mm-hmm. or they want to treat or mm-hmm. put a Band-Aid on. It's some source of pain. If you can find out that pain, that's why I say, is it your tooth that you want the perks? Well, let's go ahead and get that addressed today, mm-hmm. because if we can address the pain, then. We won't need the opioids or the codeine. Because if we take the infection out, you won't need the pain reliever. If we get in there and get the infection out, you will not need the pain reliever. The other barrier is thinking that you can do it by yourself. I can stop. I can stop tomorrow. How many times do they tell themselves that? And it's not that easy because I think every day I tell myself I'm not going to eat no cake and ice cream. Oh, Danita, that's powerful. I love when you bring up this up because we all have addictions. That's why we don't cast any stones because we're going to hold our own stone. We all have addictions. And because we think substance, but we also have activity. It could be gambling or what have you. We are addicted to something. Shoes. Shoes. What? You said shoes? So my father said that if you stand at the end of the crowd and you close your eyes and you throw the rock, the one that makes the sound is the one that got hit by the rock. So I think Sharon <laughs> then got hit by the shoe rock. <laughs> I'm sorry, but is that what you said? That is exactly what I said. Shoes, purses, even with men in shoes, suits. Shopping. <laughs> they call it retail therapy. Yeah. That's the other thing, though. You have to make sure that the therapy you get is really going to help you. The other thing that, and you have to tell me what the lean is because I don't know what the lean is. But the other thing, the barrier, and this is from being in the South, is the addiction to over-the-counter stuff. 
with the over-the-counter Motrin's oh. and the cough syrups because NyQuil has That's what lean is. Lean. It's a cough syrup. Oh, we called it scissorp. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> we Generational. Sip, remember the song's going on, on here. Scissorp. Okay, I'm just saying, you have, you, got, you have to talk my language. So that was the thing. There are ingredients. That's why you have to present the ID now. When you go, you can go through the self-checkout line if you want to, but Walmart won't let you scan nothing else until they come over there and check that ID. That happened to me. And do you realize when you said the stigma Somebody coming over to me asking me for my ID when I had to purchase some NyQuil. I wanted to just put it back and go, no, no, I don't need it. People were looking at me. So imagine in that brief moment, and I'm not even an addict. And somebody, they were in the line looking at me. They're coming over getting my ID. And now it's this spotlight on me. And I'm just, I just got a little tickle in my throat. I just want to make sure I can get up the next morning to work. But imagine if I was an addict. So you definitely not going to get help because I just wanted to put the night quill back and I want to slide it to the side and say, "What you coming over here?" I don't need this. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just stepping into those shoes just for a brief moment, you get an idea of what they're feeling like, what a person is feeling like. And go through your house. Let me say this: go through your house. What you feel is not a threat; it's a silent killer. I pay attention to how many pills are in the bottle. I pay attention to the level of the cough syrup and the corset. I'm a label reader. So I know the percentage of alcohol in Listerine. I know all of these things and I pay attention to it. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't wake up one day and pay attention to it. It wasn't until, first of all, addiction it runs through the bloodline. And I say all the time, it ran in the bloodline until they ran into me. I am the plot twist. So when I decided that I'm going to trouble that thing that has troubled my bloodline, that's when I started really paying attention, you know, with one, what I give to my family members. And then I look at the line and listen, I know how many pills in that Motrin bottle. And if I had to pull out some saran wrap and put it on there and count it, because I'm like, well, I only gave Makita two and I only gave Jane at point half. Why is this many missing? I pay attention to the levels of NyQuil. And even for myself, because you may not know this. And I had I said, oh, look, the coach being coach. You have to ask yourself questions. Mm -hmm. An introspective examination. Yeah. You have to ask yourself questions. This NyQuil has allowed me to get a good night's rest. I'm no longer coughing. I'm no longer sneezing. I no longer have the body aches. I no longer have these things, but I'm still taking the NyQuil. Y'all can say what y'all want to say when they say, oh, it's not addictive for me. That Z-Quil and things like that. Anything that you are dependent upon to help you get to a particular place can be addicted for me. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. Coffee. Don't speak on the coffee. <laughs> Stop I it. had to step back off the air because that caffeine, I had to drive by Dunkin' Donuts and just let it go. I'm yes, just saying is. I need it in the morning to get me going. There you go. I'm just Get you saying. to a particular place. There you go. <laughs> it's a stimulant and it can definitely be habit for me. True. Because I act like if I'm not coming to work, oh, I don't need it. I'm You're not yourself when you don't have your caffeine. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. And real quick, back to the Listerine labels. Parents, please read the Listerine labels and stop giving it to your five-year-old and wondering why they're acting like they just took six shots of tequila. Yes. Please, please yes. read them labels. They have they alcohol. Listerine Zero, mm -hmm. which is alcohol-free. They do have that. They got Listerine for the kids. It's a reason, y'all. It ain't because the label's cute. The label is cute. 
cute little tooth on the front and little dad's little dad's little toothbrush. Hey, I'm Mr. Ring. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a reason why it's for kids and it's a reason why it's for adults because they can't. And I, I love other people's kids. I do because they get to go back. So that's yes, why I love other so people's fun. kids. It's <laughs> so fun. So fun. But kids will tell you about yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, they will. Kids will tell you about yourself. No holding back. I remember having a couple and I'm asking the question, you know, do you all get high? And they was like, no. And she said, y'all just got high downstairs. Mom. No filter. <laughs> I mean, if you ever have the privilege of really coming to see one of the mouth mechanics in the garage and you see the office, we've had patients that will light up the entire office oh my goodness the whole office the stores next door the outside you smell it when you get in your car like did they follow me to my car lord i don't forget i had the patient in the chair and i looked at the assistant and i said why do i feel a little unsteady right now (laughs) it's called contact hot i said i don't like the way this feels it lit up the entire office After we shut the office down, it was hours later, Later. we could still smell it. And I said, I do. I feel a little unsteady. I'm glad that was the last patient of the day because it it was not a pretty feeling. I had had a patient, what's today, Saturday? When I worked, Thursday, at a patient Thursday, I mean, lit us up. The doctor would not let me go in the room because I was like, I get lightheaded. He was like, yep, you're high. Go over there with that patient. I'm staying here. <laughs> yep, go over there with that patient. Didn't even realize that was a thing, but yeah. It's very common, especially in my area. We try to tell them not to do it because then we have our older patients that are like, mm, is that what y'all be doing in here? And they'd be like, no, that's the patient next door. But we can't really tell them that's the patient next door. But the office get looks that bad. Because I do see them passing by your room, Danita, looking at you. Like, oh, is that how she's rolling? Let me just just give y'all just a little piece. Like, if y'all would just close your eyes, I'm tell y'all what I look like, right? I have locks. And my locks can be any color, any color I want them to be. And I also have tattoos. So sometimes when the smell is out there and I take off my lab coat and they see my tattoos, I feel it. I feel, you feel the looking looks? at me. I get looks too, even with my belly. And the judgment. They don't, don't think about the patient. But mm-hmm. even when I was in that last procedure of the day with that patient and it lit up the whole back. Oh, we have five mm-hmm. operators back. So it lit up all those operators in the back. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me. The gentleman walked by us and looked at me and my assistant and said, oh, so that's what we're doing nowadays. No, it's not us. No, it's but not us. I can't us. really say it. I get looks too. But it's because my tattoos are on my hand and my wrist. So they're like... You pregnant and smoking? No, ma'am. See, that that, that goes back to the stigma. The stigma, that's and then right. And it goes back to the to denial. To the, the judgment of yeah, it. It goes back to all of that because, I mean, let's just be honest. We are in a season of a pandemic. When this first started, now I'm out of an abusive relationship. So being in a pandemic and being quarantined with your abuser, you have to think about things like that. You know, being in a pandemic and being quarantined, a lot of children, they went to school to eat. So that's the other thing that we have to think about. A lot of people turn to something else, back to the pain. They turn to something else to help them almost not live in the reality that they're living in. Right. So when we pass the judgment and we have all of these stigmas, we are literally killing people. Mm -hmm. We are literally killing people instead of trying to 
pretty much take off a pair of our shoes and put on a pair of theirs. Because outside of physical abuse, you have children that were now in the home quarantined with the molester. Mm-hmm. Mothers are trying to figure out why my child peeing in the bed? Why are certain things going on? You have to always, if, if you've planted a tree and every year around the same time, this tree blooms. But this particular year, this tree did not bloom. You're going to ask questions if your thumb really green. You're going to want to figure out why did this not bloom? Is there something underneath this tree? Is there something in the root that's causing? Right. And that's how we have to be with one another. Why are they no longer smiling? Why are they no longer happy? What is the change in the habit? And just empathize. Everybody didn't grow up with a silver spoon, gold spoon. Some people didn't even grow up with a spoon, period. That's right. Some people didn't even grow up with a spoon, period. What is that my grandma used to say? You don't even got a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of. A lot of people didn't have a pot. They just peed on themselves. So you have to pay attention that when you are judging other people, remember, you got a closet with skeletons. You have a closet with skeletons. I've seen the patients that look at me and my assistant seat them and then say, Danita's coming in. And I'm the same person that they seen going to the back without my lab coat on. And then I come in the room and I'm like, hey, I'm Danita, I'm the hygienist, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to take care of me if you allow me to? I'm I'm not going to force no treatment on you. Mm -hmm. If doc didn't teach me nothing, she taught me if they're not comfortable, do not touch them. I don't even take an x-ray. Listen, I get another assistant. There's three of us in here. But my philosophy always is if you don't get help here, get help Help somewhere. somewhere. I just want you treated. I want you to get help. So Mm -hmm. we can direct you in the right place. That's all I want. Because she will take the patient. Doc will take the patient. Well, if you're not comfortable with her, then bring her in the back. And then, Danita, you see my patient. We'll just throw you out on the streets. We'll definitely make sure you get the help you need, whether it is getting you to the right doctor. And not just in dentistry. Your primary care doctor can also help you break whatever it is that you're addicted to. So we'll definitely always get you the treatment and get you the help, point you in the right direction. We'll have no problem putting in links. Y'all follow us on Facebook, Mouth Mechanics. And after you listen to this episode, go to Facebook. It's going to be links. It's going to be websites so that you can get the help that you need. We're not here to judge. We don't go and say, oh, who clicked on? We don't even know how to figure out who did what. (laughs) We just came to help people we show up with a genuine heart mm-hmm. to love to get to care mm-hmm. and that's what we do so and that's why we do this we come in here on saturdays or, or days off and mm-hmm. we just chew and chat yeah we sit around and we just hand out the information because we have so many patients that ask us these questions and we say you know what why don't we just do a, a podcast i'm glad you Thanks, Danita, mm-hmm. for doing that. We'll actually go live. Also, yeah. we'll do some Facebook lives or Instagram lives. We're pushing for that next year. And if there's anything that you all want us to talk about, put it on it. We'll talk. I mean, we're in the dental community, but let me tell you something. We are a team of researchers. That's and right. And we will bring people in. We, we will. will bring, like, you see Makita up in here? Hey. Because I know about <laughs> those shrooms. I ain't know about no, no, I ain't no, no lean. lean. I, it's just some stuff I ain't know about. This we didn't even know your generation. We okay. didn't know your generation Z. Okay. So, you know, I didn't know any of that. And the other thing is, if you lay the judgment aside, please, please assistance, please. Mm-hmm. I wish that was taught in assistant school. To lay the judgment aside? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. I don't know if you remember Asia. I work with Asia now. So that patient on Thursday, mm-hmm. she told him, she was like, you know, you should stop coming in here smelling like that. Mm-hmm. And then she went 
and sprayed the room that he was in in front of him. No. But the way our operatories are set up, we have this big old thing in the middle. But if the patient turns around, he can see the other operatories. Mm. So I was like, Asia, you know you're wrong for that, right? Because he just watched you spray him and not any other operatory. And then you made him feel bad about the way he smelled and stuff. You don't know what he got going on. I was just about to say that. You don't know. And sometimes all you have to do is be human and wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You don't know what people have going on. You don't know what it took somebody, especially in this season. Mm -hmm. Depression is heightened in this season. You have people going through the holidays for the first time without a loved one. That's right. You have people going through the holidays for the first time and not really be able to have a holiday. So you don't know what people are going through in this season and out of this season. And you have to have a heart for his people. You do. The empathy has to be there. And I always, and I say it a lot, even when I'm in the back treating and speaking with the assistants or just staff, I always like to sit in that seat with that person. So my patient is sitting in the chair, but I am invisibly sitting in their lap because I like to say, what would it feel like if I was in that chair? Would this person want to have all three fillings done today and not have to come back and forth because of what they do? What is it with their smoking? How would I want to be approached? If I felt bad just someone coming over to ID me for the NyQuil, then how Mm -hmm. diligent should I be when I approach somebody about their addictions or about their habits or I see their teeth, 20 teeth with decay? And you are only 22 years old. There's a reason. So how would I like to be? Let me just sit in their lap. I could never fully sit in the seat, but I can at least say, let me see where they're coming from. How would they want to be addressed and how would I want to be addressed or approached? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we don't. We get so consumed with the next patient, next patient, and our lives can be so perfect as we think. Mm -hmm. But we want to mask on our own pain. Mm -hmm. We, we don't want to see somebody else's because that can be a nice reflection. So it'd be interesting to see why she did that. I talked to all of the assistants a lot about being aware because to you, the patient is talking too much. But to me, the patient sees me as an outlet because they don't have anyone to talk to. We touched on that in our last episode that you'd be surprised the breakthrough they can have by just all you have talking. to say is, OK, so what brings you in today? And they'll go from their tooth to how they're troubled at home, to how their kids acting up, to how their mama is just going crazy. And I'm like, was that the patient talking to you or was that you talking to the patient about the mama going crazy? I mean, the, just, <laughs> <laughs> my especially my pregnant patients. I love them so much. They ask me so many questions and they be so older than me with like six kids and still ask me questions. And I'm like, ooh, got a belly buddy. That is not your testimony. And then that's the other thing with our patients and with them talking to us, it's confidential. Mm-hmm. A lot True. of people do not talk because they don't want their business in the streets. So we don't, even with the schedule that we work with, what happens in room one stays in, in room, room one. one. What happens in room nine stays in room nine. We have little Vegases all over the office. Mm-hmm. So what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I think the only time we would ever break confidentiality is if, you are truly hurting yourself. Like there are laws that we are bound by child abuse. There are laws that we are bound by. But when it comes to you just talking to us, even if you say you are addicted to whatever it is that you are addicted to, that's confidential. It's going to stay within the room. That's, that's confidential. And we'll 
point you in the right direction. But I'm not going to go home and say, girl, let me tell you about this patient I had today. They told me that they had X, Y, and Z going on. Mm -mm. Because if we really think about it, it can sadden us sometimes. Sometimes I have to go in the bathroom. Now, I don't know, but my bathroom is my sanctuary. My bathroom. It's the staff bathroom. (laughs) But it's the sanctuary. I don't know if y'all ever hear me, but sometimes I'll be in there praying. And I'll be in there praising because I know where he bought me from. She do it at home too. She want to put that reference out there. But, but I know, I know where I could be. I know where he bought me from. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for somebody pulling Stepping me in. out, yes, that's right. If it wasn't for somebody else, because I did think. I mean, even though I said, yeah, I do tell myself every day, girl, you're not gonna eat no cake and ice cream. And we'll text Makita, can you bring me home some cake? I have a little piece of and ice be cream. Be mad left. that I'm already out the store. Yeah, I don't understand mm-hmm. because you're not at home. You can go back <laughs> and. Get to go back and get the cake but just to know that there's somebody out there that can help because I did say I don't have to drink this anymore but the nightmares woke me up and people do use alcohol to go to sleep Mm -hmm. so I found myself in my kitchen pouring some wine just so I can go back to sleep and then I said I'll drink some coffee Because that's going to sober me up and it's going to wake me up because I'm tired. Mm -hmm. But with the wine making me a little drowsy and then the coffee stimulating me. Mm -hmm. Now, my brain chemistry is like, pew, what is she doing? We all over the place. One in the North Pole, one in the Mm -hmm. South Pole. And they just trying to meet back up. They just trying to meet back up. But it wasn't until I had somebody get in the valley with me. Don't ever, ever think that when you come to the dentist that you're just seeing dental professionals you're seeing health Health care that's it and we are concerned about your entire health that includes what you may or may not be addicted to even down listen women are addicted to men and is (laughs) and is and my goodness women like the stories the stories but it's internal. it's internal. So you have, you know, deal with pain. You know, when they say self-esteem, self-worth, self-love, that's and all self-awareness. here. Self-awareness. Yes. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. That, that's, that's all here. And although it is self, when you come see a mouth mechanic, you have come to the right place. Yeah. You have that. And we don't claim to know everything, but we'll do some research and help you out. We'll point you and not only point you in the right direction, we'll even give you the directions and make sure that you land at your destination. Because when I see you again. And I will see you again. When I see you again, I always say, did you go see the oral surgeon? That's right. Did you go see the root canal specialist? Did you make that appointment with your doctor? Did y'all talk about what you were feeling? All of that. I remember I called a patient and asked her. We didn't get a report from the oral surgeon and that did not look good. Did your primary care do the biopsy? And she said, you really called me about this? And did. (laughs) She said, well, I appreciate it because they didn't even call me. (laughs) And they always smile when I or or they chuckle when I have them in the back. It was your patient you saw and they Mm -hmm. see me back for filling. And I'll say, you know what? I got to take an intraoral photo because that lesion is gone. But the hygienist is going to ask me, how did it look? Look, And I I want to, a picture's Mm -hmm. picture's worth a thousand words. So let me go ahead and take that picture because she is going to ask, what did that lesion look like? Did it resolve? And so I I always say, let let me get that picture for her. So I do like that, that follow-up. Round the corner. Doc, what did it look like? (laughs) And go right on back. Mm -hmm. That's right. So yeah, follow-through. Follow-through is the best preventative tool it is the best preventative tool. 
even if it didn't stop the accident from happening, mm-hmm. it can help in the recovery. That's right. And it can prevent another accident from happening. So follow through. I love a good follow through now. So it looks like we have really battled the barriers. We talked about them, addressed them, exposed them. Thank you, Makita, for joining us. Thank you for joining us. And I am your host, Dr. Tanzania Davis, again. And I am Danita Price, your friendly hygienist. I'm Makita, the gangster assistant. Always fierce, Sharon Nickerson. All right, join us for another episode and always keep smiling.